Hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Command Shift podcast. I'm very, very excited to be back here chatting to my lovely friend Shay. Shay, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm excited to be back here chatting to you. I feel like it's been a while, Mm -hmm. even though it's been only a week, but very excited to be back here and um, talking about this topic as well. But before we dive in, I want to know, like, how's your week been? What are the wins of the week? My week's been pretty good. Um, I'm doing my legal practicing license at the moment. Um, Yeah, I had a litigation assignment that I had to present today. Fun. Yeah. Smashed it. Of course (laughs) you did. Not really. Of course you did. Um, Yeah, but I got to meet all of the grads that I'll be working with this year, which was a definite win. Everyone was super lovely. I didn't feel as nervous about it as I thought I would be. So definite win. What about you? Things always seem more scarier than they actually are, hey? Yeah. Well, my win for the week, um, back, yeah, just back to work full time. Um, it's been like five weeks since the holiday break. But yeah, my win would have to be I finished off a special project today, actually, which was causing me a bit of stress. But like stress in a good way, like pressure, mm. um, yeah, high expectations, but delivered it when it was supposed to be delivered. And now Friday tomorrow. So I'm excited for that. Friday drinks at work is always fun. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll jump into the into the topic today. Um, we sort of decided that we wanted to do a foundations series about like applying for grad roles, applying for jobs in general, mm-hmm. and then like that journey as well as sort of talking about our experience because we literally I did it two years ago now. Yeah, and you've only just done it, so very fresh in our minds. And I feel like. A lot of grads, a lot of people finishing uni, even if you're not finishing uni, you're still applying for jobs. It's just a consistent stressor. (laughs) So I thought um, today we'd talk about the application process. So looking for jobs, applying for jobs and all the fun stuff that comes with that. So Shay, um, I guess we can just dive right in. Like, how did you look for your jobs? What were you looking for in the application process? I'm not going to lie. I feel like I heard about a lot of the jobs that I was applying from through other people that I knew. So the people around me, the people in my ecosystem, I guess. Um, I was not very familiar with the kind of corporate law environment when I was at uni. It probably wasn't until the very end of my degree that I was like, oh, I should probably get onto this. Um, But... Besides that, I mean, LinkedIn, always a great place to look, seek. And I think just like, yeah, really like utilizing your network for me was kind of the way that I was sourcing job opportunities all the way through uni, actually. What do you mean when you say like network? Um, I think just the people you meet, like making sure that you're connecting on LinkedIn, as stupid as it sounds. (laughs) I love Um, LinkedIn, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) but I think talking to the people that you meet like organizing to get coffee with people asking them I mean you don't need to be as forward as like asking them but talk about what you're interested in talk about the things you want to try 
let the people around you know what you're passionate about and what you want to do. And I think you'll find that you'll attract people that are similar or work in similar industries, or they'll be willing to connect you with people in those positions who might be willing to give you a job. Um, And I think just having those contacts, like my very first job at uni, like my non-hospitality job was because I met a lady at orientation. I thought what she did sounded really interesting. And she literally said, this is like in front of a whole cohort of people. And she said, if you're interested, send me an email. I'll post it in our Facebook group. And I did. And I interviewed the next week for it and got it. And I was there for about five years. So that's what I mean by utilizing your network Mm. and building relationships with people. What about you? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I feel like we could do a whole episode on networking and how to also make meaningful connections with people too. Um, But yeah, in terms of me, less networking, more rogue applying. I love it. (laughs) I would so at our uni at UTS there's a careers hub mm-hmm. and they would put and I feel like a lot of unis have that similar structure and they would post internships grad positions entry-level roles on there so I would literally at the end of my last year would always be on there just but from like a place of fear mm-hmm. like I would check it all the time every day being like oh I don't even like the sound of that but it says marketing it says communications I'm just gonna apply for it even though it did not relate to anything that I was interested in. So I did a lot of that, a lot of looking online, same thing like seek.com, sort of just applying for the big companies that I knew did grad grad programs. So it was a bit rogue in the sense that I didn't really have like a plan. It was just whenever I saw something, I would just apply for the sake of applying, which... Now, looking back, I would have spent so much time just wasted, just applying for things that I knew I didn't even want to go into, but I just did it because I didn't want to not have a job after uni. Um, So that's how I like looked for jobs. But I really want to say that now reflecting on that process and that time in my life, I was so stressed and I was so consistently looking at the future, which of course you need to. But I feel like I I wasn't as present in those last few months at uni because I was so stressed about applying and getting a grad position. But it wasn't until like uni was done and I was still applying for roles because I got roles, mm-hmm. but I knew deep down I didn't want to do them. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So I had all these, I had a few positions actually offered to me and I just was not, it didn't like sit right with me. So it wasn't until I stopped and reflected of what I actually want out of a job because at the end of the day, that was going to be my life, like every day. Um, And it wasn't until I stopped and reflected on what I actually want out of a company, what area I want to go into was when I actually started meaningfully applying for things. Mm -hmm. And that's when a job opportunity literally arose that was perfect for what I wanted to do and aligned with my purpose Mm -hmm. and applied for it. And it was just, it just was meant to be. And I know that sounds really woo-woo, but as you'll come to know, I'm very, (laughs) love, I fully believe in like things happening for a reason and things aligning when you align with the energy of that. Um, And I believe in the same with jobs. Like if I 
shift, I shifted my energy into what I actually believe and stand for. And then that job literally popped up when I changed and shifted my mindset. So yeah, I think when you're looking for jobs, I know it can be scary and you can come at it from a place of fear, but just come back to who you are and what's important to you and really try and not look at anyone else, especially in uni, like everyone's applying for all these different things and it gets really competitive and like you compare yourself if someone's already got their dream role and you haven't even started applying or you keep getting rejected, it can get quite negative. Um, so yeah, just try and be true to yourself and like it, just from the beginning, like looking online, like that is a full en- energetic experience, looking, searching, applying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot of time as well. Definitely. And I think in terms of meaningfully applying, like I think there's a lot to be said about looking outside of what your career path, like specifically is kind of the the direction that it's really pushing you towards. I think a lot of us, particularly in uni, I definitely felt this kind of pressure to conform to what everyone else was doing. And so the experience I was getting even along the way was I was trying to shove myself back into that box but that just wasn't me. Like I have always done, I don't know, some rogue things, I guess. (laughs) Um, well-behaved rogue things, but, um, I think just like remembering the things that are important to you and finding a company whose ethos is the same, like for me, like a service and volunteering is really important. And I made sure that those opportunities were present at every single company that I applied for. Um, and I think just, you know, yeah as Sarah said like really know what you're looking for know what you care about and look for that because even if it's not a main part of a business there'll usually be a team there that does that sort of stuff um yeah and even just like directionally like corporate isn't the only way to go there's so many different job opportunities out there so many different like startups that are looking for people yeah lots of different things yeah and I think circling back Oh God! Did I just say so? Corporate <laughs> <laughs> um, But coming back to that idea of what's important to you, I was always confused about. So pretty much like when I applied for uni, like from high school, getting into university, the reason why I did the double degree, which was comms and innovation was because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it was so broad that I was like, oh, like I'm sure I'll figure it out. Yeah. By the end of the fourth year, still really haven't figured it out. Yeah. I had like my values as a person and what I wanted to do in terms of like outside of work and what impact I wanted to make. But I didn't actually have, I want to do X, Y, Z. You know, like I don't want to, like I never had oh I want to be marketing in a finance company or I want to do marketing in this type of company or Mm. um until the very end where I I wrote down like a list of values that I have as well as what a company should have as well and then the job opportunity just arose like I'm in product marketing now and the I applied for product marketing I had no idea what product marketing was but it turns out that the product marketing that I'm doing with this company aligned completely to my values and my purpose 
So you don't have to know a specific job title in a specific like industry. It's just, you have to know yourself and that comes with a lot of like reflection and doing the work. So I guess my advice or what I wish I knew was at the more earlier on, do some self-reflection except, but it just sort of came to me at the end and then it all worked out. In hindsight, I definitely agree with that, but I do think sometimes it is hard to know what your purpose is without trying things. And so sometimes you do have to just say yes to those jobs that pop up. Maybe you don't love everything about it, but it kind of rules out what you don't want to do and maybe solidifies some of the things that you've done as part of that job that maybe you wouldn't mind doing or you do want to do going forward. Um, And I think ultimately it just adds to your resume. Like there is no bad experience when it comes to like trying things out when you're young because you don't really have another time to do it as well. Mm, That is true. And also like it all, whatever you say yes to and whatever you end up in, that that was meant to happen. Like you are in this job, even if it's not what you imagined it to be or you, you know, you got in there and it was like totally mm-hmm. not what you thought. You don't have to have your dream role as your first job. I was just about like, to say that. Like yeah. that is like, you, that is not normal. Like that's not what happens. Like you get into your first role. It's all about experience. It's all about learning. And then eventually once you sort of figure out what you want to do, what you liked about that job, as you said, like you take bits and pieces and then you can pivot, you can change industries, you can change companies, you can start your own business. Like you, this is all about learning the start. And I think when you're applying for jobs, I know I said like, make sure you like reflect and you align, which I think does come into it as well. Like don't Mm. apply for random companies that are totally not who you are. But if you apply for companies that you don't really know about or you're not too sure it could be the best thing that ever happened to you yeah like sometimes i think as humans we don't really do uncertainty very well and i think that's why we stress so much when it comes to applying and interviewing it's because you submit an application and that's like you don't have any control over it like you had control over the entire application process like choosing the job writing your resume submitting it but then after that it's like well it's out of your hands and I think once you're in a role as well I think and I'm skipping a few steps but it's the same thing like it might not be as you as what you expected it to be but that also might be the best thing that ever happened so I think don't put too much pressure on yourself when applying for roles because you are only starting out I think also there is a lot of merit in the interpersonal and professional skills that you develop during that process. Like people yeah. are not, when you're applying for jobs, people aren't just looking for, you know, who is the most proficient person in terms of like who can do the job. They're also looking for people that are going to be a great cultural fit, that have character, that have resilience, that have all these qualities that you build up by experiencing things, whether they're, you know, job related or even just life related. So I think reflect on those things too, because I think a lot of us dismiss them as being not important or not as important as your success on paper. But I think Mm. know what makes you 
who you are in terms of what skill set you have, the way that you talk to people, the way that people remember you when you're no longer in an environment because I think that has a lot of weight as well mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of companies are starting to care about now because so many people have all the skills you need to do a job but it's about who has not more than that but who is more of a person than that like who has more things to bring to the table yeah for sure I love that and I think we can um dive into that about like experience outside of your industry as well because I found like when I was applying for marketing roles I didn't have I only had one marketing internship under my belt. And I thought, oh, God, like, <laughs> I'm probably, I'm just competing with people who had full-time, well, not full-time roles, like part-time roles throughout uni um, in marketing things. And I was still working at Big W, like I was still checkout chick, you know. But in saying that, like what you said about the interpersonal skills, I was like a leader at Big W as well. They they spoke about those things as well and they spoke about my volunteering. So it's not all what you think. Like your your the experience that you have, whether it be in industry or not, is so worthwhile to the application process. So I think as well when you're looking for jobs, back to that, if you see like the experience and it's like, oh, this, 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 this skill, um, and you sort of hit, say, like three out of eight of them, still apply. I say this is such a gendered thing as well Mm. I'm pretty sure there was a study that came out a few years ago that if men didn't meet like more than three of the eight criteria they would just apply and just say who cares Mm. like whatever if women didn't meet you know even seven of the eight criteria they wouldn't apply because they just assumed they would not get the role um yeah I think just go for it and it's so much easier said than done like the worst they're gonna say is no and I've had people who have been like shot down for one job but they've referred them for another job and hired them based on their application for that so you never know what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. exactly and that goes back to that network thing like you might not have a network but applying for this job might start the network and it does because you're getting your name out there even if you have the first interview and you don't keep going, they know who you are now, they've seen your resume and you're in their mind for the next role that comes up or for a role that already exists. I think that's really powerful because I also never had a network until I started applying for things, started talking to people. Um, So definitely there's lots of ways to build that up. Um, So don't underestimate that and just exactly just go for it. Like if you see a job role, that aligns to your values and you think oh yeah I could see myself in there like mm-hmm. sort of aligns to me apply and see how you go and yeah stop underestimating yourself I guess I also think sometimes sending a cold email so <laughs> worth it like yeah you may never get a response but emailing someone who works at a company that you love and you've always wanted to work for there is literally no harm in doing that because you never know they might tell you when they're opening applications or you know, when they're going to start looking for people. I think if you really, like, as Sarah talked about before, if you know what your purpose is, you know there's a specific company you want to work work at, that's one of your goals, go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. there's no harm 
and sliding into someone's LinkedIn DMs. Oh, respectfully. Really? Respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, respectfully. Um, it is a professional site. So, yeah. Yeah. So, just, yeah. so definitely just shoot your shot. Um, this really sounds like a dating moment right now. Well, a lot of these lessons can be applied in all areas of life. True. But, um, yeah, LinkedIn, slide in respectfully. <laughs> That's my my advice um but just quickly before we move on to actionable sort of steps uh for building your resume and um yeah how to go about that process i I know i've harped on about like purpose and your values because that's a personal thing that i've gone through but i just want to sort of define what that means so uh, the difference between goals and purpose is a goal is something that's time bound it's specific it's measurable and you can achieve it whilst a purpose is essentially how I see it is something that you'll never achieve. It's something, it's something that wakes you up. It's what gets you out of bed when you're tired and you're exhausted and you're like, you just want to stay in bed. It's what gets you out. And I think in the first icebreaker episode, I spoke about motivation versus discipline. And I think this is where your purpose comes in. It, um, it falls under discipline. So um, say, for example, my purpose, when I was reflecting on what I, what company I wanted to work for, where I wanted to apply my skills, I knew for a fact that I wanted to contribute something to society. Mm-hmm. I grew up very privileged, obviously had a very educated background, and I felt like I needed to give back somehow. So in that case, I was looking at, there's this site, oh, I think it's called Ethical Jobs, mm. which might be something of interest if you're looking for jobs um, for nonprofits or charities or governments. I was looking on there a lot, um, looking at government roles, um, and I actually ended up in a private company. But what happened with this private company is they have this whole nonprofit arm that they focus on and their values really aligned to my values. So the fact that I could wake up every morning and I knew that I was working for a company that was doing such good in the world. I felt like my skill set and my education is going to something greater than myself. That was beautiful, Sarah. I am deeply moved. <laughs> no, I actually on my tangents. <laughs> no, I actually am, and I think it'll be really important when we get to the written application part of this episode. Um, but little miss practical me um thought it would be helpful to go through some actual practical steps that you can take and some resources that maybe you haven't heard of before um i know i didn't until someone told me about them um the first is how to filter searches on seek um that's such a basic one but instead of like aimlessly scrolling on any platform that you're looking for a job on like filter by company, filter by industry, filter by location. Pretty simple. Um, The second thing is LinkedIn reviews. Um, You can search out people in the company, look at the way people in their company are endorsing them, look at the company, look at who works for them, look at what they're saying about the company, look at the sort of content that they're pushing out as well, because that will be very aligned to their company values and their ethos and I think that gives a really good gauge as to what they care about in the work that they're doing 
Um, the other platform that I think is really helpful is Glassdoor, um, where old employees or current employees can write reviews on their experience with a certain company. Um, I know that when I was trying to narrow down which grad program I wanted to go with, I was on there all the time trying to read the best and the worst of all the reviews um, just to see what other people's experiences were. Um, obviously, take it with a grain of salt because if people are writing a crappy review, it might not be filled with passion. Yes, um, but I think they're just some good places to start um, and good places to kind of, yeah, verify what you're applying for. Um, yeah, and not be disillusioned by some really great marketing content. Yeah, I also think looking if you're looking at a grad program, a lot of them have um, like employer of choice top grad program for this yes, year. Yes, Grad Australia. Yeah, which I think I remember looking at that um, and a lot of them that I was applying for had some sort of accolades, which is obviously good. And also YouTube randomly. Oh. So some of the companies I had – people would like vlog but I think that's because a lot of the companies I was applying for were like tech companies mm. so a lot of people would say like day in the life of or like an office tour or something so that was good to get a little bit of an insight and obviously if employees are making content they obviously love where they work so that yeah. is so true yeah so that they're really good tips um yeah I don't really have anything else to add other than yeah looking at grad australia yeah and subscribing to their newsletter because yes, they I tell you when things are opening which companies are like releasing grad applications each mm. month yeah actually also unis they would have like nights where past like alumni would come and speak and that's careers when you, fairs. yeah careers fairs and if people are speaking about their employee again employer then that's obviously a good sign so yeah pick their brain also sorry to go back to the linkedin thing but linkedin alerts the way i found out about my grad role that i yeah, now have is because i had linkedin like alerts yeah. for the company that i will be working for turned on because i desperately wanted to work there and i was so interested in what they were doing and that was how i found out that they were doing their grad program this year yes um so yeah turn them on they can get a bit annoying but i think it's worth it sometimes yeah like when you're in the mindset of looking for a job linkedin alerts are your best friend i did the same thing actually i got i went to all the companies that i wanted to work for turned on the alerts mm -hmm. and i got that alert and i applied for it so yeah definitely a really good one okay so when it comes to actually writing your cover letter and resume what are your main tips i know you've just recently gone through it it's very fresh in your mind so mm -hmm. how did you approach that journey let's start with cover letters first i feel like they're the beast that really needs to be tamed um i had like a pretty set structure that i used for every single cover letter that i wrote and i would definitely adapt it for each. Please don't ever send the same cover letter to a different organization that you haven't written it for because they will know um, and they will rule you out completely. Um, in terms of that structure, I'd always start out with like an elevator pitch. So who I am, what I'm doing at uni for work, any other co-curricular things that I'm doing at the time. 
and what job you're applying for and any other kind of things that they might need to know. Like for me, when I applied for the law firm I'm working at, I said which team I wanted to go into and why. Just very briefly, that was of interest to me. Um, I then went and did a paragraph about what about the organization I really connected with. Um, so for me, it was an innovation ethos and a idea of service. Um, and I really spoke about how those two things um, just generally really made me feel empowered, made me want to be there and then how they related to experiences that I've had and the things that I've done that show that I'm also aligned with those things. Um, I then did, sorry, I did one paragraph on innovation. I did one paragraph on service separately. Those are my two things. Those were the things that pretty much in every application I really spoke about. I guess you could say that both of those things form part of my purpose mm. as Sarah spoke about. That's why they kind of remained at the forefront of all of my written applications. Um, and then I just had like a little summary paragraph kind of just summing up everything that I'd spoken about. I recognized that I had really unique degree combinations, di different like work experience. I've never worked in a law firm before like acknowledging those things, being proud of those things, and then saying ultimately how those skills could help me be a great person for the role that they're looking for. Um, obviously have all of the like regular formalities that you're expecting, like a dear so-and-so, always say Ms. or Mr. someone, do not say the person's name, have the address, have your contact details, Put your LinkedIn link on there as well, because sometimes people want to check it out. Um, and a lovely, yours sincerely. No, no, no. You say, hi me, please, XOXO. That's <laughs> <Gossip> girl. <Yeah. laughs> Love, Sezzy. <laughs> this is my 50th cover letter I've written. <laughs> please. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. That was like a very general overview. No, I love it. And that's so true. And I also really appreciate how you mentioned innovation and service as your two core pillars because mm -hmm. I think again going back to like going back to your purpose so it's really just circling back <laughs> 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 because it's so important to do that exercise at the beginning because it helps when you start writing these cover letters that take such a long time if you have your pillars of what's important to you innovation service contribution whatever it is it really shows who you are through the cover letter and whoever's reading it will really see that and appreciate that as well, I think. So yeah, definitely the whole journey, it just intertwines all the way down to the cover letter. Yeah. I think um, also yeah. like, I think sometimes you forget you're also submitting your like academic record and your resume to go along with this. Like yeah. they can read those things. This is like the next step where you're like beyond those things that you've seen on the page. Yeah. Who am I? Why is everything else about me something that you might like to have, might like to try? Mm. Um, and you're not, obviously you're applying for the job, but like the next step is the interview. They're not going to get you in the office the next day. So you also have another opportunity yeah. to show who you are in person. So even if like communicating in a written form isn't your strongest suit, um, I think there's, definitely ways around that. Um, I also think 
get other people to read it. I know it can be embarrassing. I know it can be scary to send it to someone and be like, can you please have a read of this? Um, particularly useful if they work at the company that you're applying for um, and take on their feedback. Like don't go, oh, they don't know what they're talking about or oh, they don't know me. They don't know why this is important. I think genuinely listen. Obviously, if there's something that is very true to who you are, don't remove it. But yeah. No, I love those tips. Um, so jumping into resume, what's the difference? How do you approach it? So to me, a resume is like a map of everything that you've done over the last few years um, or the relevant time period. Um, I think start from your working career. Don't leave out like your hospitality jobs, your retail jobs, like put them in there. Um, I always set mine out with like a little professional profile as it's called on my resume, which is just like a little summary of me again, like very similar to your cover letter, but a bit more succinct who I am, what I'm doing, and then have all of your experience mapped out, um, what your job title was, the company you worked for, how long you were there for. Um, and then I just have a couple of dot points underneath that of the specific roles that I performed whilst there, maybe some highlights of that experience if I'm no longer there. Um, I think one thing that I would say you don't need to have, which a lot of people put on, and I even put on actually, is like a professional skills like tab or like section where you're like strong communication skills, strong leadership skills, <laughs> and you're like strong struggling, teamwork. struggling to find skills. Literally. <laughs> or you just sound like someone's like Google, like, what do I need to get a job? <laughs> um, yeah. And then I also had like my achievements and volunteer work. Um, so any like random awards that you've won, totally okay. If you haven't won any, I didn't either um volunteer work and then at the end i actually had a little hobbies and interests Cute. um tab which actually got a lot of a lot of questions in my interview yeah came from that so i that's cool yeah like i had an idea of why don't i build my resume design it how their product is so i ended up just doing it i was like i'm just gonna do that and if if i get in because of it if they don't want me because of it then that's fine like got literally nothing to lose so I did that and I applied and I was like you know how on LinkedIn you can see how many people have applied it was like 500 people applied for this job and I was like oh god they're gonna see my really poorly designed um version of their <laughs> product with all my like resume bits in it it was so it was so random but I did that and I got through and obviously got the job and it was so funny because when I met the recruiter in person, once I finally had the job, like very early on in the role, she said to me, oh my gosh, your resume was this. And I said, yeah, yeah, that was me. She goes, oh, I remember looking at that. That was so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then literally last Friday, she I saw her at Friday Night Drinks. She came up to me and she goes, oh, I can't believe you've been at the company for a year. Like you finished the grad program. Like I'm so proud of you. Like I work at an amazing company, by the way, as you can't, as you can mm -hmm. tell. She said, oh, you know, and I still remember your resume. I said, oh my gosh, because that's the, one of the best resumes I've ever seen because it was just so unique. Like it wasn't in a simple word doc structure. It was like literally designed as their product. So it was a risk to do that because it wasn't a traditional resume, 
but definitely if you're like look into the company and see if that's something that they would value and I know like obviously it's different if you're applying for like a health professional role if you're applying for a law job like it's very Mm -hmm. different industries and obviously you have to be aware of that but if you're applying for a creative role if you're applying for a comp like a tech company that's like really out there then just embrace that because they will value that as well so that's one of my like big tips is look into the company look into what they value and if you have a weird idea just do it because they might really love it that is amazing i just am so in awe of you and the way that you just like you're one of those people that just has these ideas and just like runs with it and i think that's amazing life's too short yeah um i do think not to be debbie downer um because <laughs> <laughs> this was the worst part of the application application process for me was the online testing oh yeah that you will sometimes be hit with in definitely legal roles um finance finance mainly any corporate role they'll probably yeah. try to narrow down applicants by making you do some form of online testing um it's very much just like patterns and very outdated systems um don't be disheartened if you've come out of it feeling like it was the worst thing you've ever done um often it doesn't really rule you out um some of them are updating now to be more like problem solving like they'll give you a scenario and ask how you would respond in like a multiple choice situation um but yeah some of them are a little bit archaic but don't be surprised if you get hit with those yeah i when i was in my rogue applying stage of my life i applied for like big corporates um as well and i got hit with those and i pretty much failed most of them because i just my brain just doesn't work like that and it was really disheartening as well and it really fueled that fear that i had that i wasn't going to get a job because every single one that i had had those testing and i just think it's personally i think it's putting people in a box think wanting everyone to think the exact same and people don't think like that and if you're hiring everyone who passed that test you're obviously hiring the exact same minds and you're not there's no diversity of thought which we're going to get into another topic i think in terms of diversity but don't get disheartened by those things because i definitely got disheartened i was like i'm so stupid like i'm never going to get a job Mm. but you're not you just have a different form of intelligence and creativity and the right company will see that and they'll hire you and yeah Yeah. so don't you will get hit with them but don't get disheartened if they're not your thing um i know you can do practice ones as well you can but i think honestly that made me feel worse i remember i come out of them crying i was like Like, i no literally (laughs) but like literally as sarah said it's very much trying to test like one form of intelligence which is like iq yeah um realistically your ability to map out patterns has no effect on your ability to i guess for a lawyer write a good piece of advice or get up in court and make an argument like you know it really is their only way of testing the way that you think or at least i don't know the way they might think is the only way to test and sometimes they don't have the resources to invest in updating those systems but i think 
I've found at least the companies that have aligned with my purpose that I've wanted to work for have all gone beyond that and looked at your application as a whole. Um, I think another thing to bear in mind, I know for a number of the graduate positions I applied for, I had additional questions um, and they'd give you like maybe a, a little summary of like a legal matter and how it would relate to the company and what steps you would take to do like very high level. But I think just to get your brain thinking, make sure you understand the ethos of the company, understand maybe their practice areas or, you know, the work that they do, um, or even to talk about like a matter that they've worked on in the last five years that's interested you. Um, I've had questions like that. So I think don't spend a lot of time preparing for them. You have as much time as you need to do those questions, but I think just something to be aware of um, is they might come up. And I think those sorts of things, I think are interesting ways of seeing how you respond to questions. And I think there's a lot of merit to them, mm. but just do the best you can and you'll find somewhere that you fit in and somewhere that, you know, aligns, as Sarah said before, with you and your goals and your purpose. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, yeah. Don't want to add anything else to that. That's brilliant. Mind on a high note. <laughs> yeah, and on a high note. Um, I guess to wrap up the episode, what are your top tips for this start of the process? Like literally we're logging on to seek. We're turning on the LinkedIn notifications. What are your top tips for people going through that right now, about to go through it? Um, not to be a Nike advocate, but just do it. Like, honestly, you never know what's going to come out of it. And don't rule yourself out before you can even, like, have a go because, yeah, literally you never know. And you never know what sort of people they're looking for. Um, what about you? What top tips? I think top tip is stay true to yourself. I think really coming back to that, your values. And I, that's just one thing that I really learned. So stay true to yourself. Um, stay true to what's important to you. And then I think as well, going throughout the process, have fun. Like I had fun with that application process and that's like that's what got me the job so yeah stay true to yourself have fun and I think as well just feel the fear of uncertainty and just embrace it and just realize that you can't control some of the things that happen in life such as when you press submission just let it go you've done all that you can and just yeah really embrace that uncertainty one lean into what makes you different kind of just rolling off what sarah said um if you don't feel like you're the perfect applicant because you have maybe not the experience you think they're looking for lean into that like you gain so many things from being different and being aware of that and proud of that and having an interest in a personality is never something that will be taken for granted the other thing is, which my mom always said to me, I would get really disheartened in the application process. I would get shut down, shut down, shut down, shut down. And she said, every application that you write, every fail, failure, if you want to call it a failure, 
is practice. Like every application you write will get better than the one you just did Um, every single time. And it's true. Like I look back at some of the applications that I wrote when I was looking for internships and my God, they were horrendous. And I look at the ones that I submitted now for my graduate roles at the end, so much better. Even now I'm looking at them, I'm like, there's things I can improve, there's things I can fix, but it's a process, right? It's a learning curve. You only get better with practice. And there's a certain way that you need to write applications. There's a certain language that sometimes you need to use and it might not be what you're normally comfortable with. So making sure that you give yourself the time and I guess the safety net of understanding that, yes, you may not have got this job, but the skills that you've learned and things that you've gained from going through this experience will help you get the right one the right one yeah I really like that and I think it plays into the whole everything's a learning opportunity and it's go I guess that's nicely segues into our next um, podcast which I found with interviews I was always so stressed about them but the same thing my mum also said yeah but like this is so good because the next interview that actually matters You'll be so much more comfortable talking to, you know, people in big companies. And so it's all about practice. It's all about learning. And again, I just want to leave on like one sort of nice note. Generally, like it will all work out. And I I used to hate when people said that, say, said that to me because in the moment it felt like rejection after rejection, getting accepted to places I didn't want to go. It didn't feel like that. But it all happens for a reason and everything like aligns when it's meant to. So yes. It's, and when you put yeah. energy into it as well, yeah. when you're like channeling your energy and your motivation and your dedication to something. Yeah, it all it all it aligns. Yeah. So you got this, babe. You got this, yeah. Yeah, we hope this little application podcast helped if you're currently going through it, if you're about to go through it. Or we hope it resonated with you if you've also just been through it like we have. So, yeah, we'd love to love to chat more about it. So, yeah, see you soon. See you later.